What's up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and I will be joined by Joel Jimenez in just a few moments, and Juwan Carter will be joining us uh, a little bit later on in the show, right around 10 o'clock, so about an hour from now. Uh, But as for now, I am flying solo. As always, Full Court Press is brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation, uh, and Let's jump into some topics. Uh, the Boston Celtics won an electrifying overtime game three against the Philadelphia 76ers to grab a commanding 3-0 series lead. However, the Sixers avoided the sweep by winning a gritty game four, and the two will go back to Boston for game five. Just side note, teams with a 3-0 lead in the playoffs are 129-0. and that's right, they are undefeated. No team has ever gone down 3-0 and come back and won the series. So that's a pretty telling feat uh, for <laughs> uh, Boston and essentially for uh, the Sixers to overcome. Uh, so let's jump into game three. Man, what a what an awesome, awesome game. I mean, just went back and forth the whole game, uh, went down the stretch, uh, fourth quarter, uh, Boston took the lead with you know just seconds remaining on the clock. Bellinelli uh, hit, hits a, a last-second savior jumper, um, and you know of course the uh, the uh, confetti guy uh, thought it was a three. Uh, it was not a three. Uh, I feel like most people who were watching it on television could tell it wasn't a three. At least I could, um, but it. it you know, they thought it was. It wasn't. It was drawn up to be a three, but it it didn't end up being one. Uh, but he hit a, it. Still, nevertheless, hit a hit a clutch shot to go into overtime. And you know, I was feeling pretty confident for the Sixers. Um, you, you know, I mean, it was it was a very contested game. It was just so back and forth throughout the game. There was no like commanding runs in the game. I mean, you're talking about a game that really broke down. Philly won the first quarter by one. They won the second quarter by two. They lost the third quarter by three and then won, um, excuse me, four, and then won fourth quarter by one. Um, So, you know, I mean, it was just one of those kind of quintessential back-and-forth games. Um, the calls went slightly in Philadelphia's favor, um, as you would expect with them coming home, uh, and they just weren't able to get it done. They they had the opportunities. Uh, Rozier decided to actually play well on the road. Um, he was 7 of 15, uh, only 2 of 8 from 3, but again, 7 of 15, he got into the paint, and that's what he does. Uh, he he He's so good at driving by players, especially like bigger players, Rocco and uh, Ben Simmons. Just for whatever reason, they don't they don't have the lateral quickness to be able to keep up with him. And so, I mean, he was super effective. Uh, he had 18 points. He had seven rebounds. He had three assists. He had two steals. Um, very highly productive game. Uh, zero turnovers, which I think was probably the biggest uh, plus for Rozier in the game. Uh, Tatum went off as Juwan predicted. Uh, he had 24 points. 
he was the Celtics' leading scorer in this game. He was plus 24, plus minus. He was just so effective. Uh, he <laughs> and what's funny is he only shot one of four from the line, but and one of four from three, which one of four from three isn't you know detrimental. One of four from the free throw line is like, dude, what the fuck's going on? Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, he was their guy in this game. He he stepped up. He played big minutes. He played 41 minutes, and he was just so effective and, and just played so, so well. Uh, Jalen Brown gave them very, very valuable minutes off the bench, 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 16 points, uh, 9 rebounds, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Essentially, to me, the way this game came down, was just a complete coaching snafu. If if you're Brett Brown, you have got to be able to essentially get your team into position to win the game. And then once you're there, make sure that they execute your game plan. And I don't feel like that happened in game three. I feel like Simmons certainly played better. He was 8 of 14, he had 16 points, he had 8 boards, he had 8 assists, he had a steal, 2 blocks. He was way better than in game 2. But going down the stretch of that game, he was like a deer in the headlights. And T.J. McConnell, conversely, uh, played 14 minutes. He was 2 of 2, he only had 4 points. But, like, it was kind of clear to see in those 14 minutes, he he was kind of in a more commanding, you know, position uh, in that game. In fact, when overtime started, I sent all of the guys uh, essentially, like, what I would start, what would be my starting lineup for the fourth quarter. Uh, Rocco was ice cold. Uh, Sarich shot 4 of 11 uh, on the night, um, he was not on his game uh, as much as you would like to see. Uh, so, I, I mean, I sent him a, a message and was like, starting lineup should be T.J. McConnell, um, J.J. Redick, Marco Bellinelli, Ersan um, Eliasova, and Joel Embiid. Like, that's what I would have started, you know, that would have been my starting lineup for the fourth quarter. And it wasn't anywhere close to that. I mean, it was pretty much just their regular starting lineup, and, you know, it. they did get off to, I think, a five-point head start to the Celtics in that overtime, but it was clear that the Celtics were never phased and were never not in control. Um, so I, I really do think that game was a teaching moment for both the Sixers players and Brett Brown. Like, we have to remember... Brett Brown, as experienced of a coach that he is, whether it be, a, you know, a 10-plus-year assistant in the Greg Popovich San Antonio system, or as far as the 76ers, he's been there several years now. This is his first stretch of coaching playoff games. And he's got to go up against a guy who is just a coaching prodigy, in the Boston Celtics head coach, Brad Stevens. So, you know, he's, he's having to face a lot uh, in, in this series. 
And I feel like it was it was a learning experience for him. It was a learning experience for his players. Uh, Bellinelli tried, you know, to to essentially keep him in it by by draining that uh, tying tying uh, fourth quarter shot, but it wasn't enough. They, you know, they this was essentially to me like an extension of game two. Now, game two, Boston got almost all the foul calls. Uh, most of them went in their favor. In this game, Sixers were favored in the foul calls, but, like, you just saw the lack of confidence in the Sixers going down the stretch, and you saw all the confidence in the Celtics and what they were doing, what they were running. They trust their coach. They trust, they trust everything that they're going through. And the Sixers just, they're not there yet, you know. It, it's very, very rare that a team comes in and essentially just decides we are going to um, essentially take over. Um, there, you know, there's a few examples of it in the past. You got, you know, your your uh, Trailblazers in the late 70s, OKC Thunder. Um, they pretty much decided they were going to um, exert their dominance early. Um, and there may be like one or two other examples, but like for the most part, like you got to take your bumps and bruises before you really make it uh, in this league. And it kind of seems like that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing them essentially, you know, take their bumps and bruises. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it plays out for the rest of the series. Um, but as far as for game three, you know that it seemed like it seemed like a game that the Sixers should have won, but they didn't win because they don't have the intangibles yet, and that's normal. That is so normal. Um, and I, I, I would say this: I after that game, I was I was hot. I was I was really uh, I was steamed about it, and I was like, man, like Sixers should you know quietly talk to Jay Wright and gauge his interest um, because I, I don't think you should fire Brett Brown if you don't have somebody lined up to take his place. Um, but the, all that being said, you know, like if you get a guy like Jay Wright, I mean, he's won two out of three national championships for Villanova. He's already got those Philadelphia ties because he's coached Villanova, which is in Philly. Um, so, you know, essentially you're like, hey, man, we're going to let you coach one of the best young teams in the NBA, and you ain't got to even move. I, you know, I, I, my mind started going there. But after game four and seeing the adjustments made and seeing that I think Brett Brown has kind of started to figure it out, he's still struggling with how to maintain his confidence in his players while still trying to win games. Um, and I'm looking at you, Ben Simmons. Uh, but at the same time, like, he, he's, he's coached eight games. No, well, now nine. Yeah. Nine games in the playoffs. Um, he, he, he's, he's inexperienced, just like his players. You know, I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we kind of almost forget that just because he's a Popovich disciple and he's a little bit older and all that jazz. But, like, he's, he's you know, 
Stevens has got just way, way more experience on him uh, as far as just coaching. So, you know, that's that's something that uh, I certainly think that we have to take into account when we're um, basically saying, does this guy deserve to keep his job? Um, this is the first year that we've seen him with this team. And frankly, you know, they have overachieved. Um, so I think when it's all said and done, I think you're going to see Brett Brown get another year. Um, I would hope that you would see Brian Colangelo make some smarter moves because um, I think he's almost the biggest question mark than Brett Brown um, as to whether he's good at his job or not. Um, this this Markel Fultz trade is, is turning out, I mean, as of right now, has turned out to look like an utter fucking disaster. So that's something that really, really needs to be um, reconciled, if you will. Um, and one way you might be able to reconcile that is to just go ahead and bite the bullet and not keep making your same mistake, which I think Brian Colangelo is the kind of guy who wouldn't keep making the same mistake, um, and maybe put a package together for Kawhi Leonard. Um, I think that could be that could be something that would essentially save um, save a little face for Brian Colangelo, if you will. But uh, but I'm uh, Joel is now with us. Uh, Joel Jimenez. Joel, what's up, my brother? I am the artist formerly known as Joel from now on. Oh, okay. Do you have a symbol? Uh, I will send you the symbol a little later. I'm still working on it. <laughs> it's a, it's a work in progress. Uh, work well, in progress. well, uh, the artist formerly known as Joel Jimenez. Um, what did you think about the uh, game three win um, of the Celtics over the Sixers, the overtime win of the Celtics over the Sixers? Oof. All right. Well, I'm going to say, one, it was bullshit. Not playing. It is what it is. Um, yeah. It's disappointing. I'm going to say it's probably really disappointing because I expected more from the Sixers team. They – survived tonight, so I'll give them that for not getting uh, embarrassingly swept by the Celtics. Because to me, it's an embarrassment because they're better than the way they've been playing. And just really closing games because they really came down to the wire most of these games, and they just couldn't, they just couldn't close yeah, at the end of the yeah. day. Just yeah. got to further your point, uh, and to further your point, they have led three out of the four games at halftime. Look at that. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And look, you got, look, I, I said that Philly would probably end up winning it in six because I figured they would out like overpower the Celtics um, at the end right. of the day. Yeah, but and it, I it agree. Just turned you. out, yeah, and it was it just they turned out that these gritty, grindy gnats known as the Boston Celtics outworked the Sixers at the end of the day, and eventually got out coached. Because look, we, yeah. we I think we all agree that. Brad Stevens is the coach of the year, for the most part, most of us, at least. And he's proven it. Look, I like Brett Brown a lot, but at the end of the day, he's just not – he wasn't making the right choices down the line. As tonight, he made some adjustments that worked out for his benefit. They got the win. 
Will they be able to do it again? I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if they push it to six, or you know, to a six game, and, and they, I mean, or whatever, and they, you know, they extend the series. But I wouldn't like bet all my money on it either because Boston is just scary team to play, especially in the playoffs. Apparently, <laughs> it just really doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause they're just a scary team all, all together, and those young guys Absolutely. are so good. So good. Yeah. Jason Tatum is such a, a phenomenal rookie. Watch. And Jalen Brown is now on my list for probably he's not I don't think he's still not the the most improved player, but he should be on the list for one of the most improved players. I needed Jalen Brown to step up this year and man has he. <laughs> yes. He yeah, no, he absolutely has. Um and the and the crazy thing is like because of his injury, they've been bringing him off the bench which which is not something that he's used to. And he's still performed. As I said earlier, um, before you before you came on, uh, in game three, he shot six of 12 from the field, three of six from three. He had 16 points. He had nine rebounds, one steal, and two blocks. Like, that's an effective – that's a highly effective game. And he only had two turnovers, too. Um, like, he, he, played, he played very clutch basketball. Um, and he played very clutch basketball in game two. Uh, despite, you know, just coming back from his injury. And he was kind of like, it was weird because in game two, he was kind of sneaky good. Like, he didn't look good on the court. Like, he looked very bothered by his injury. But when you go look at the numbers, he was still effective. And, like, yeah, he's played really well. Tatum has played well. Smart has played great. great. What a uh, – Revitalizing yeah, I mean, return. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what, and and I want to say one more thing, and and I think I mentioned this earlier, but Rozier finally got his shit together on the road. Um, he shot seven of fifteen in, in game three. Uh, he had eighteen points. He had seven boards. He had three assists. He had two steals. Um, like that. That's what the Celtics have kind of been waiting for. And that was the difference in them winning this game was Terry Rozier deciding I'm going to play decent on the road. And that's all they needed. Right. From them. They didn't even play lights out. But, like, if you shoot close to 50% from the field and then you, you post 18 points and, you know, you don't turn the ball over once, your team is going to, like, elevate. The, the it, Like, everybody else is going to be elevated and, and – and, you know, they played well. Um, and you know what? As much shit as I was given the rest after game two, um, mm-hmm. I, obviously I, I didn't cite that as the main reason the Sixers lost, but I thought it was a contributing factor. Um, the Sixers right. got the majority, like not, not a huge majority, but they got the majority of the calls in this game. And as you mm-hmm. would expect for a home team to get. Um, but the Celtics were just able to overcome it, and that was something that the Sixers were not able to do in Game Two. They weren't able to oh, overcome right. uh, the, the refs' uh, calls, essentially heavily favoring the Celtics. Um, but let's move on. Let's, let's let's jump into Game Four because that's that's something that I really want to talk about. Um, okay. The Sixers, like like you said, Brett Brown just kind of completely shook up the way he called it. And I and I was talking about yep. this a little bit before you came on, and, and I was saying, essentially, Brett Brown decided, like, he, he, he finally kind of seemed like he figured out how to um, make the necessary adjustments to counteract what Boston was doing. 
Um, and it, it was weird because he, he kind of seemed like he knew how to do it, but he was also kind of trying to walk that fine line of not pissing off his superstars. Um, because right, essentially right. He, he, he started McConnell, but he also started Simmons. Um, right. And Which is fine. Like, no, it's, it's smart. It's, it, it's very right, smart. Because Ben Simmons is, is more than capable of playing the three. Like, right, exactly. my biggest thing – my biggest thing was down the stretch. I was I was worried when McConnell when Simmons had the ball in his hand time and time again, and McConnell didn't um, because McConnell. Right, right, right. It's not about McConnell being better than Simmons. We all know Ben Simmons is better than T.J. McConnell. T.J. McConnell right. matches up better against this defense than Ben Simmons. Does exactly. Because right, it, it's to me it boils down to this. It's like a classic case of. Um, the Atlanta. I'm, I could. I'm sure I could throw out an analogy to you with uh, with the Giants. What's the big six foot four running back the Giants used to have? What the what the fuck was his name? Brand Brandon Jacobs. Yes, Brandon Jacobs. Brandon Jacobs is Benson. Brandon Jacobs right. is the best running back that y'all had over you know like a three or four or five year stretch. Um, but I'm sure you had, I'm sure you had a crafty, uh, little tiny running back who could cut holes and and like depending mm-hmm. on the matchup, might Man, have been a Earth better way to fire, go. dog. Yeah, yeah, Derek Ward. Yeah, uh, I'm not Bradshaw. So we had, yeah, we had. There back. you go. Yes. Okay. So that's my point. Uh, like with my Falcons, the example is work done. Was our was our T.J. McConnell? He was our he was our backup running back, and T.J. Duckett right. was our Ben Simmons. Like right. to me, that's what this whole series kind of boils down to: is T.J. McConnell is the smaller, less athletic, less strong, craftier player, and sometimes that just that particular player works in your favor in a particular matchup. And so now that we're in the fourth quarter of this series, you know, you you got to start playing that guy. And it seemed like basically Brett Brown kind of sort of figured that out. I mean, T.J. McConnell was arguably their best player tonight. I mean, you can maybe put an argument in for Darius He's a Sarge. really underrated player. Yes. Yes, he is. And he was 9 of 12 tonight. That's 75% from the field. He made the only three-pointer he took. Um, he had five boards. He had seven assists. Uh, and he was plus 18, plus minus 19 points. Uh, and he didn't turn the ball over one time. Not once did he turn the ball over. He plays very controlled basketball. And he's so crafty in the paint. He gets down in there and, and is just able to get up shots. And like that, that when he drove to the lane and sh- tried to shoot it over Baines and missed it, and then jumped up, caught his rebound, and then put it back in midair. I was like, dude, this dude, like you need to be playing this dude. Like he just, and it's not. Again, I go back to this. It's like you have to, as a coach, you have to explain to Ben Simmons, like Ben, it's not that you're not a great player. It's just that T.J. McConnell matches up better against what they're doing defensively. Yeah. Trust me, let me coach the team, buy into what we're doing, and, like, 
you will be rewarded for it because if we, you know, somehow manage to miraculously advance, which is, you know, would be unprecedented and, and what have you, um, I, I guess I'm more speaking on this conversation should have happened earlier. Um, but, yeah. you know, like, just buy into what we're doing here and, like, I, it, you'll be rewarded down the line because in most series, TJ McConnell won't be the guy who matches up better. You will be the guy who matches up better. Um, yeah. So, the yeah. The Boston's already I, set to, to defend against that. So they're all prepared right. to stop Ben. And it's worked. So throw, throw a wrench. Throw a wrench. Mm-hmm. And that wrench is TJ McConnell. And he, not to mention, he's better defensively against Terry Rozier. Um, like tonight, Terry Terry Rozier shot four of eleven. He only had eleven points. Um, you know, I mean, he was one of six from three. Like, and that's because T.J. McConnell guarded him, and it, he was just feisty, man. I think T.J. McConnell is like my kindred spirit, you know, uh, NBA player. Like, you know, when you just when you like an NBA player because they play like you did in whatever, either high school league or rec league or college or whatever, when you, like, played basketball back in the day. Like, T.J. McConnell mm-hmm. plays basketball like I played basketball. And right. I love it. I love it. He's he's so feisty. And and yep. and, and, and yep. he's like the little white dagger in there, man. Yeah, well, and he's like the little white like, guy who's still effective. Like, and that's that's me. True. That's who I am. Like, you know, I get it. Um, like, we yeah, play against so, T.J. McConnell. I, I remember he was a pain in the ass. Yes, yeah, he hit that he hit that game winner over Melo. That's right. Um, <sighs> but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, I um, I I I do. I I think. They, if I were to put together a starting lineup for uh, Game Five, I would definitely have McConnell in it. Um, I would definitely have Reddick. I think I would honestly start Marco and have Sarge and Embiid, and then Ben Simmons, big minutes off the bench. Um, I, I just don't. I don't think. I, I don't. I don't think he helps you in that starting lineup, and I don't. And, and especially going down the stretch of this game when Ben Simmons and T.J. McConnell played together, like, Ben Simmons still controlled the ball most of the time down the stretch of that game, and it was just kind of McConnell hanging out in the corner, and that's not where he's effective. McConnell's effective having the ball in his hands and making decisions and and driving to the basket and and creating. And, Mm -hmm. like, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I would... Honestly, you know, kind of moving forward, like say we're, we'll play the two of them a little bit together. I would treat it like I imagine you would treat Simmons and um, and Fultz uh, um, going forward, where you play them essentially like half the time together, half the time apart, and when they're together, let. T.J. McConnell run, like, run the point, and just let Ben Simmons post up down in the block, and you know, try to make himself effective in other ways. Um, because I don't, he's just he hasn't been effective as far as being crafty and getting to the lane. 
and McConnell has, and I don't know. I think I think maybe Brett Brown has figured that out. Um, you know, I mean, do, do I like think... what he did tonight, though. Honestly, yeah. I like I like the adjustment he did. They kind of moved Ben to more of a point forward, um, which works fine. I don't know why they don't play Fultz. I don't know. I guess he's still they they're just not comfortable with him playing big minutes, especially in the playoffs, especially yeah. now. Uh, but they barely played him at all, like at all. And this kid showed that he can well, play. Well, they haven't played him at all. He played well. Exactly. So it's like, what's what's the like? Why? <laughs> like number one pick. Like why are you not giving this boy like yeah, do? Let I don't this know. Boy play. I, I'll say this: when when Simmons was struggling in game two, I did. There was a, a part of me that was like, just put Bolts in, see what happens. Put him in for like two minutes, two or three minutes. Yeah. And just and he just see what happens. Like you never know. Yes, I agree there. Um, but I think you've found that monkey wrench now in TJ McConnell. So I wouldn't – at right. this point, I wouldn't play Fultz. Um, you want to throw another I, monkey wrench I think, there? <laughs> I, I, th- I think you have to make Ben Simmons adjust, though, um, and you have to get yeah, him to buy into what you're doing. Um, right, right. That being said, uh, you know, now that we've kind of discussed this series, going forward, um, how many games do you think Philly pushes this? I'm really hoping that they push at least one more game just mm-hmm. for their own benefit. But if not, um, I could easily see them getting like, losing the next game because they're going back to Boston, yeah. right? So, like, it, it, they have – can I trust them to take over and, and Boston not to finish? And Boston's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just – I trust – I more trust Boston to finish off Philly than I do Philly to, to push it uh, to another game. Um, yeah, that's but fair. So I think I'm, I'm – it's, unfortunately, it's for them. Uh, but I really hope those Philly could at least push it to one more game to make it a little interesting. But if not, you know, it is what it is. Maybe There's also a part of me is like, just let's finish it off. Kill them. Step on their throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I definitely am smelling what you're selling. Um, yeah. I'm going, I'm going Philly in seven. I'm dying on this fucking hill, <laughs> man. I like it. I like it. I'm doing it. I like it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it and doing it and doing it real. Like I, I, like I, I thank you. Uh, you know what? Like, here's my here's my thing. If they can win game five, if big if, mm-hmm. but if they if. can't, yeah. if they can win game five, they'll have mm-hmm. all the momentum going home to win game six. Ooh. And if they win game six, they'll have all the momentum as far as you know all the talk about. Uh, this has never happened, and blah 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 blah. Like, so yeah, man, yep. I'm gonna die on I'm gonna die on my hill. I'm gonna I, like I know I'm wrong. I I I know that I know it's not gonna happen, but I'm still gonna fucking call it. Um, yeah, man, I don't blame you. Hey, man, yeah, man, if it happens, well, I'd be so I'd be very happy to see it because it's yeah. not it's unprecedented, and yep. that's they need this because that's embarrassing. The, the way the last couple games they, they've looked really. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, well, they play hard, but they're not hard enough. They're just getting outplayed. I'm, and I'm hoping that Brett Brown has kind of figured something out. Um, now, granted, I, I would I would I would be super surprised if whatever Brett Brown figured out, Brad Stevens didn't like counteract it in Game Five. Exactly. Um, That's yeah. why I'm like I would seven be, games. I would be. Tough. Yes. I just don't. I, I just don't I would trust be super Boston surprised. But to not adjust. And figure it no, out. I, but yeah, I, 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 I totally what you're saying. I totally agree. But what I'm hoping, with like I'm hoping against hope, 
Deborah Brown <laughs> takes it a step further. And I am, man, because I'm hoping that he 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 sits down with Ben Simmons and he's like, dude, we're, we're going to bring you off the bench. Like, just just trust me. Not, not, we're, not, all that, not, we're not doing it. We're not. I'm not even saying we're doing it for, you know, the rest of the series. I'm just saying we're going to do it for this game because this is the scheme that we think we can win with. And if you can, like, sit down and explain it, like, Ben Simmons seems like the kind of guy who would be like, all right, like, let's do it. Um, and, like, if I, I feel like if you started, like, T.J. McConnell, J.J., uh, Marco, uh Sarich after a game that he just had yeah. in Embiid. Kobe has um, been so cold. Yeah. He's been bad. He's been yeah. really bad. Pretty bad. Um, <laughs> and, and he made the adjustment yeah. with him. Like, he, he only yeah, played he 19 minutes tonight. Um, yep. and, and he had and to make that adjustment. One for yeah. six, I think, or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah, one for seven from – or, I'm sorry, uh, okay. two – yeah, one one for seven, one for seven, one for five. He made one three point shot. That was it. And oh. yeah, bad. Um, That's his job. But like <laughs> that and defend. Yeah, three and D. Yeah, and he couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Um, he he yeah. did play. He, he did play reasonably good defense. Right? Um, okay. But nevertheless, well, I got like, nineteen minutes. Like <laughs> Sarich found something going on as far as driving to the lane tonight, um, and mm-hmm. Embiid. Obviously played very well. Um, McConnell played well, and Simmons even played well. But like, I think if you could plug in Bellinelli at the three, I think you might be able to find something there. Um, he did not really play all that well tonight. He only shot two for ten. But like, that's that's what you're gonna get out of that kind of player. He's gonna have nights where he shoots two for ten, and then maybe maybe in game five he shoots eight for ten. Like, you you never know with a guy like that, you know? Um, especially if you kind of surprise him and you throw him in the starting lineup with, you know, T.J. McConnell and you got him along with J.J. Sarich and, you know, Embiid and, and they're all kind of spacing the floor a little bit. Um, plus, you know, just, just McConnell being able to hit those driving lanes. Uh, so, I... I don't know. I'm optimistic that Brett Brown's going to make the necessary adjustments. I am very cautiously optimistic. But, like I said, I'm going to die on my hill. Um, obviously, they can't win in six anymore, which is what I predicted, so I'm going to predict it in seven. Uh, and, you know, they're going to shock the world. So, we'll see. Well, we'll uh, see let's yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Uh, LeBron James, he had another buzzer beater to lift the Cavs <laughs> to an insurmountable 3-0 lead over the Toronto Raptors. I say insurmountable in this series and not the other series um, mm-hmm. because this is yeah, – the Raptors, they have no chance. Like, the, the, the Sixers have, like, a .01% chance of winning the series. The Raptors have a yeah. 0% chance of winning this series. No chance. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, and the main reason being is you saw it tonight. The the Sixers they don't they're playing without any fear. They have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never been there. It's not like they're they were expected to be successful. Uh, the Raptors were expected to beat this Cavs team, and <laughs> essentially they're not going to do it. 
that mm-hmm. you know that the Raptors pretty much just gave it up in this game. Uh, and furthermore, DeMar DeRozan played like shit. He shot three of twelve from the field. Plus minus, he was minus twenty three. He had eight points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, three turnovers. I, I, I say it in this fashion because it's it's very disappointing. Like Demar Derozan is your best player, and you're expecting him to step up. And yeah, but I thought just, I thought it was it, Kyle Lowry that was their best player. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, you're, 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 you're messing up your your analogy. You should say, "I thought it was Kyle Lowry who was their weakest link." Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, cause that's what you should have said because Kyle Lowry was fucking clutch in this game. Um, and no, and honestly, sure as I as I tried to explain to Juwan last week, he's pretty much been clutch all fucking series. Uh, but um, he was nine of thirteen, four of eight from three, had twenty-seven points, seven assists, three rebounds, two steals. He did have five turnovers, but you know, I mean, you yeah. can't be perfect. Um, yeah. but Kyle Lowry played great. He played amazing, and like the thing was in games one and two, he played good. He didn't play great, but he played good. Like he, mm-hmm. I don't think he ever shot underneath fifty percent, as I recall, in breaking down right. those those games. Um, and he was just efficient, very solid, uh, played played reasonably good defense. Um, and in this game, he went off. He scored twenty seven. And you know what's crazy mm-hmm. is is when I was breaking it down with Jawan uh, the other the other day, um, I was like, you know, Kyle Lowry's unfortunately he's just not one of those guys that you can rely on to go off anymore. Like, he's not – like, DeMar DeRozan has to do that because Kyle Lowry can't. Well, right. Kyle Lowry went off, and DeMar DeRozan shit a brick. He didn't fucking do shit. Like, nope. it, it was – I mean, so much, so much so to the point where he got benched going down the stretch of the game. And – Man, it was just sad. It was it was like a it was it was honestly almost like being at a funeral. <laughs> like watching that game. Right. Because the first two games of the series I found very kind of comedic because I'm I like I don't have a horse in this race. I don't care who wins. Um right. and and you know, I just the like game one I was just I was kinda laughing as Cleveland chipped away at the yeah. lead and then eventually they won it in overtime. And then yeah. in game two, you know, they got, they just basically blew him out. And I was like, uh, fucking Raptors going to Raptor. And I was thinking like game three, I was like, all right, well, the Raptors will they'll win this one. And then, you know, it'll go six or something. Or maybe, maybe mm-hmm. they'll push it to seven. And then they lost that one. And I was, it, I was just like, Oh my God, this, it, it, it really does feel like a funeral. Like it's, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. Like it if there was sad. any year, the Raptors were going to fucking do Anything. This, this year. It was this year, and they're right. not. They're just. They're no. never going to. Their bench. This, uh, look, they. No, you're right. Their window was this year. This, this is their best mm-hmm. chance. Because the Cavaliers have yep. not been good at really that. Really haven't been that great this year. They had spurts of greatness, and they've also had spurts of being terrible. <laughs> so, then you have the Raptors, who've been consistently a good team all year. 
but they ran into their kryptonite, apparently. LeBron is it literally ripped the souls out of that team. They, they, they just <laughs> ripped their soul out, and they came back as just shells of themselves after game one. <laughs> it's just like they've never recovered. And it's sad because it's like they're not a bad team, but they look terrible against Cleveland. It's like only Cleveland. They cannot get past Cleveland. And I know, look, bro, I've been here before. I have. A, I feel for them because I was the, I was a Nick during the Jordan era, and that's how it felt to be a Nick during the Jordan era. You just couldn't yep. get past number twenty-three on the Bulls. That's what it, and it was just unbelievably frustrating. I've yeah, been here. That's why I have a soft spot for them. It's exactly what it reminds me of. I, it's, just, it's like I can't get past MJ. I just could, we just couldn't do it, and it was frustrating. So I, that's kind of why I feel for them. I know how, how it is to be in this position. You're just not good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, so sad. <laughs> um, that's what I by mean. By the way, it's, oh, it just do you, do you, what do you think they do this offseason? Like, there's been a lot of talk floating around about them blowing it up. Um, mm-hmm. do you think they should blow it up or do you think they should try to make what little, in, you know, what little improvements they can or, I mean, I mean where, where do you think they go from here? What they need to do. I mean, I mean, we're just, we're just assuming they're going to lose the series at this point. Like, you're right. Um, at this they're point, they're yeah, losing uh, right now in game four, in fact. So. <laughs> getting embarrassed at this point, right? Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, what do I think they're going to do this offseason? I'm thinking they should trade with the Wizards. <laughs> like, maybe put John Wall in Toronto and have Kyle Lowry in Washington with, with, with other players and just try to make something else work out. Just because maybe this backcourt's not working out in Toronto, or maybe that'll be different in, in Washington. You know what I mean? Maybe there's just a different compliment there. Like, they, they just, they're good backcourts. Like, they've both been good backcourts through the last couple of years. Kyle Lowry and DeRozan in Toronto and Wall and Beal in Washington. They both need a a, a reconstruct like a reboot, not a like re- like break it down, blow it up. No, they're good enough right. to make the playoffs. You can still contend. Go get a different type of star. You have a star. Trade one of your stars for a different type of star that probably complements one of your other stars better. You know that's that's probably what I think they need to do. Maybe just kind of reconstruct it. Maybe the backcourt thing is not there. Maybe go get go get a big. And with one of your one of your, one of your better guards, and same thing with Washington. Even if it's not with each other, I think that's probably what what needs to be done. Because Toronto with that backcourt is not going to get it done. It's just not. And for the, unfortunately for them, and if LeBron yeah. stays in the East, even less so. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Ultimately, I think they need to try to retool. Um, to me, right. it boils down to this: Toronto actually has a very very effective high um, fan um, attendance rating. Right. And you don't want to fuck that up by tanking. No, um, no, no. Like, if, if you've got fans coming out to the games and you're, you know, a perennial playoff team, like, it's, it's tough to be like, we're going to, you know, we're going to basically just bottom out and tank. The reason, like, a team like Atlanta can, can make that decision is because Atlanta doesn't have great perennial um, uh, attendance when it comes to regular season games. Um, right. We just don't. We're not. We're not that market. We're. We're. You know, football and baseball. That's what the South is about. It's like that's just, right. just the way it is. Because there's not a I lot of basketball fans down here. Um, so, mm-hmm. like for us, it's like it, is tanking really going to hurt our attendance 
that much? Probably not. But it would really, really hurt your attendance if you're a team like Toronto. Um, and, you know, it's it's a tough decision. But, no, I don't think you do it either. I think you try to retool. I um I think maybe you try to make a move for Mark Gasol. Um, he's older, but then idea. again, so are so are Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan. Um, and Mark Gasol is just just all around a better player than than Valanciunas. Um, so right. maybe you could say we'll give you Valanciunas, and we'll give you Norman Powell. <laughs> Um, who just signed to an extension, but he hasn't really right. been playing for our team. Even though you know, we all know Norman Powell is a reasonably good player, but he just he for whatever reason he hasn't he hasn't been involved in this rotation. Um, no, 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 he fell out of the rotation. Yeah, he's just dead, man. And he was and, a starter and, last year at some point. Yeah, he was really good last year, um, and I think mm-hmm. he could be really good. And and the fact is, like, like if you're if you're a team like Memphis. You you could use a guy like that, like who can play the two, he can play the three, uh, in small ball lineups. Um, you're probably gonna lose Tyreek Evans, so you need somebody to fill in at that two. Um it, like so like those two guys could like essentially fill out your roster, you're getting a, a top coming in. Um, maybe uh you include if you're Toronto, you include a, a, a you know, a future first round pick, uh two thousand nineteen right. first round pick. Um, and you could even like if if push came to shove, you could even throw in a guy like Delon Wright, um, who's yeah. um, uh, you know a highly effective backup point guard. He can also play two. Um, it, it, you know, I feel like he he only played eight minutes in this in this last game. He's not vital to your team. Um, try to turn your depth into better, um, consistent. Um, you know, a uh, starting play. Um, and if you can get a guy like Marcus Saul, like, like I said, I know he's old, but it's not like your window is so big that getting a, a, a veteran, you know, at, at 31, 32 years old is, is, you know, that detrimental, like give me a guy who can, you know, defend the paint, um, like an Al Horford, um, like, because that's essentially what, what Gasol is. He's not going to get you, like, a whole bunch of stats as far as, like, blocks and rebounds. But he, he just – he's he's smart. He plays the game well. Um, he can shoot threes. He can spread the floor. He's consistent. He has great post play. Um, like, throw a guy in like that without having to give up. I'm not giving up OG Ananobi. That's a guy that I'm not giving up. Um, so, mm-hmm. if, if, if Memphis <clears> – <throat> says that's who we need to have. I'm like, fuck you. We're we're at an impasse because I'm not trading him. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm I'm, uh, the only other guy, you know, that I'm not giving up is, is, well, uh, obviously not Lowry or DeRozan, but the only other guy who could possibly be traded in the deal that I'm I'm not giving up. I'm not giving him, I'm not giving up Jakob Pertl um, because uh, Jakob Pertl is, probably my future center um and so i'm not i'm just not giving him up but like there's three or four solid young players there and, and a draft pick first round draft pick that could maybe maybe make them say okay yeah that's worth giving up mark so right. um 
Yeah, Mark so, good, man. He would, he would help. Yeah, he would definitely help. And, the, you know, I don't know if he would help you get past LeBron, um, but, you know. Yeah, well, that's another thing. <laughs> well, and you don't even know where LeBron's going to be next season. I think what your that's goal true. needs to be is to make your team better without compromising your future. Um, <laughs> and so, like I said, if you give up guys like Valanchunas, you give up, you know, uh, a Norman Powell who's found himself out of your rotation. You give up a Delon Wright. You got you got Fred Van Bleet, um, who you, uh, I feel like you have to re-sign next season. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you like I said, you could even give up, um, you know, uh, um, fuck, what's his name, um, Delon Wright. Like there are there are players that you could give up that wouldn't hurt your future success. I just wouldn't give no, up Ananobi. I wouldn't give up Ananobi and I wouldn't give up uh Jakob Pertl. Um but there I think there's a trade to be made there. I think I, I seriously think just as simple as Valanchunas, um Dewan uh, sorry, yeah, Dewan Wright and Norman Powell and a first round pick. Like to me if I'm if I'm Memphis, like I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll take that. I got Norman Powell, who I could plug in at my two. This is my starting two. I got DeLon Wright, right. who I could get back up. Uh, um, what's his name? And then Mike I Conley. got. Thank you. Uh, and then I got you know a, a quality starting center in Valanciunas, who's much younger than Marcus Saul, and I'm I'm obviously yep. like a rebuilding team. Um, right. And I get a first round pick out of it. Like totally, that's totally worth giving up Marcus Saul for. So. Um, I think that would be my move. Uh, but they need to make – they definitely need to make some kind of move in the off season because what they what they got going on right now is just not working. Yeah. Um, and they're probably going to lose this game and get swept. And if you get swept Oh, yeah, by, unfortunately. Yeah, if you get swept, swept oh, by this, this team, yeah, it's just – man, that's rough. That's yeah, real no, rough because – <laughs> Yeah, this. That's why a part this, of me is like maybe, just maybe Marcus Foley right isn't enough. Maybe it is breaking up that backcourt in some capacity. Maybe not. I I would definitely consider doing that if I had to just to shake it up because they're shook. <laughs> like they're shook. Yeah. But I, I like you said we don't know what's gonna happen with LeBron. But still, maybe that's still something for the future you should look into. Just having to break up the and the same thing with Washington. Yeah. Well, same thing with Portland. Like, there's there's plenty yeah. of backcourts that are just not getting it done because they don't have enough pieces for, around. For some reason, I still prefer that backcourt over the other two. But, <laughs> but yes, I understand you. Well, they, I mean, I I like them small. a little more than those other two too. But well, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I really like Washington's backcourt. I think Brad, Bradley Beal is really good, and I think John Wall is is was hurt a They're lot of this good. season. They're all good, even the Toronto back. They are. Good. I mean, I mean, they are. No matter what Jawan says, Kyle Lowry's pretty good. Player. <laughs> no, Kyle Lowry's a damn good player, um, and he, yeah, he he's is. proven he's proven to be the best player uh, for the Raptors in this series. Um, numbers yeah. don't lie, and he has put up the numbers to to prove that. Um, so Juwan can throw out any narrative that he wanted to. In fact, 
that's probably why Juwan didn't want to come on until 10 o'clock because he didn't want to fucking talk <laughs> about how he was wrong about Kyle Lowry being a fucking badass. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, it wasn't his fault the Raptors just can't have no heart. It's a, he, if anything, he's only with heart at the moment. That's sad. Right? Yeah, that's the really sad part. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do, man? Um, yeah. You just you, you can't change his mind. He, just, he hates the guy. Yeah. yeah. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I was trying to tell him the other day, like, this, I've never had a player that I hated ever, but there was one player years ago that I did not understand how he was getting minutes, like, starting at all. And it was during the, um, it was the Nets and Jason Collins. I'm like, how is Jason Collins oh, yeah. starting for any team and getting maybe yeah. one rebound in two points a game? I mean, that's what it was like, yeah. almost averaging. It was, how is he starting? It would frustrate me to no end. I just never understood that. Yeah. Oh, um, bad. Mister is really good at taking charges, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to be good at something when you're only getting two points and what five <laughs> yeah, rebounds super a game. Mr. Collins. Exactly. Please yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I get that, but like, obviously, Kyle Lowry's not that guy. Um, no. Hey, we but we oh, all have somebody we hate though. Um, that's just what he hates. I mean, I <laughs> I don't feel like I I hate anybody as much as I hate Kyle Lowry, as or as much as he hates oh. Kyle Lowry. Right, um, right, I don't get it. Yeah. But you know, I I have had guys that I hate in the past. Um, I can't. Yeah, think but it's one anybody. thing they hate. Like I hated I hated Paul Pierce for a very long time, but that's because okay. he was a dick to us. He used to kill us. That's why I hated him. I didn't hate a guy yeah. because he couldn't get over the hump. That's that's yeah. Not, like why would you hate someone that just can't get over the hump? I just don't get that. Yeah, I, hate I the got enemy. you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's no. I totally, I totally get you there. Um, that's probably why I still kind of like hold a little bit of like hatred for LeBron. Like I don't, right, me I don't too. hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I are on the. the that's like exact same page as LeBron. Like the guy is, is it's fucking awesome. And you know, all that, all that jazz, but like you just hate him a little bit because you know, your team could never fucking get past him. Um, so yeah. But like, as far as like hating, (sighs) hating fringe guys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's just because, (laughs) maybe it's just because he loves, he loves DeMar DeRozan so much. Um, and I guess like Kyle Lowry's holding back. Holding uh, back. I don't know. It's, He's just mad because him and him and uh, Kyle Lowry have very similar hairstyles. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, <laughs> you know maybe maybe that is what it is. Um, the jealousy. <laughs> the football. We got We got to get to the Western Conference. Um, after winning in dominant fashion in Game Three. The Houston Rockets played a much more competitive game four in Salt Lake City against the Utah Jazz, but still managed to seize a 3-1 lead on their way back to Houston. Man, that game three was pretty – it was one of the weirdest games because it was competitive, but I never at one point felt like Houston was going to lose that game. You know, like I just they were they were pretty much in control of the game the whole way through even though it was 
never like out of reach for for Utah. Um, but I mean, it was just it was it was a classic case of just the better team controlling a game throughout the course of the game. Um, Harden was kind of less than stellar. Um, like he he wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. But Chris Paul was magnificent. Uh, Chris Paul was 12 of 23. Um, he had 12 boards, eight six assists, two steals, one block, 27 points. And essentially, like, you just – I think this was the picture-perfect portrait of a game of what Paul George and James Harden can do together and separate because – Paul had 27, Harden had 24, and they played great next to each other, they played great apart from each other, and this is why you got Chris Paul. And <laughs> they just they played thunk? really well. <laughs> what, what's that? Oh, who would have thunk? <laughs> who would have thunk? <laughs> uh, maybe you, I don't know, just throwing it yeah. out there. Um, Donovan Mitchell... <laughs> Donovan Mitchell was still really solid. Um, he, he didn't shoot He's the ball so that good. well. He's so good, though. My he God. Really I'm just so like, good. part of he my gut hurts still. So I'm like, so when I see him play, he, like, he could have been mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his his percentage wasn't great, but he, he had yeah. 25 points. He had four steals. He had two assists. He had nine rebounds. He had some crazy um, plays. Did you see some of those spin he plays? Did. He was getting everybody he did. that spin. No shit. And oh. the fact that like the fact that he he like fouled out the way he did, I I just loved mm-hmm. it. I was just like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. Fucking just that that the, like shot of him being like motherfucker. Like <laughs> I don't I don't remember exactly what he said, but like he said something um that you could like visibly see uh, his lips move and make out. I I, can't, I, can't, I just can't remember what it was. But, like, he was amazing. Um, but nevertheless, it just wasn't enough to get it done. They still lost by 13 points. Um, and it was, it like I said, it was close the whole way through. It just it just never felt like U, Utah was ever in contention for the game. And that's a testament to how good the Rockets are. Um, because even though... You know, essentially, Harden, I wouldn't say he struggled, but he shot 8 of 22. He wasn't he wasn't right. solid. Um, but Paul right. was. Paul was great. Capella was solid. Tucker was, you know, Tucker. Um, you know, he's going to get you 11 points, 7 rebounds, uh, and shoot 3 of 5 from 3. Uh, that's, that's what you want out of him. Um, and, you know... Eric Gordon even didn't play that well this game. But nevertheless, it didn't matter um, because essentially the Rockets play solid defense. They held the Jazz to 87 points. And yeah. essentially they're, you know, they're going to win the series. They're going to move on and play uh, Golden State. Uh, but as far as this particular game, uh, you know, what did you take from it? Uh, what do you take as far as positives uh, from the Jazz moving forward and just as far as positives as far as the Houston Rockets, um, as far as maybe how they can potentially match up with the Warriors? 
the thing with this, um, it's been a, it's been an entertaining series because the Jazz have yeah. been um, they've been competitive uh, at, at the very least. Very. You can tell they're outmatched. They're outmatched. They're very similar to how New Orleans is outmatched by Golden State, and it's like. Yes. You can tell that the, the, they're they're gonna fight you. They're gonna they're gonna scratch and claw, but they're just not as good. They don't have the depth to compete with the Houston Rockets, similar to what happened with New Orleans. It's just they're just not good enough. They're almost there. They have a rookie leading the charge, so they're inexperienced. They have good players, not great players. So besides uh, the Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And Ricky Rubio hasn't even come back yet, and they'll they'll probably be eliminated by the time he does. <laughs> it's like it's just they're just unfortunately for them out over they're just getting overpowered at the very end. And, and like I love the win that they did get. That was very happy for them. They were the underdogs. I mean, all season they've been that team. Everyone's kind of counted out, and then until they they you know proved otherwise. But still, even though they went on those long winning streaks and they had good runs and they have good. They're a good defensive team. Um, they're just still – they don't have the star power to compete with the likes of the Houston Rockets. And you can, you can see it. You can see it. Uh, you can see that James Harden and Chris Paul take, can take over a game. They can run the game. And they, they have now, like, we were, we were praising their pickups of, of uh, Mbamute and uh, P.J. Um, Tucker. And we really yeah. like those pickups, yeah. And Aliza is a good defender. Um, even though they have Gerald Green and Joe Johnson on the bench, like I don't feel like they've been much. They haven't really contributing super much. <laughs> but the other players, Capella's been a revelation. I remember when they drafted him. I'm like, okay, this guy is going to be stashed for like two, three years. We'll see when he comes over. This man's right. so good. I'm very yeah. surprised at how good, how quickly he's been this good. And I think what well, he's from like Sweden or something. He is the best rim defender in the league. Like, just, just not that's not opinion. That's just statistically, like, he is the best rim protector in the league. And that's crazy. What is he, like 6'11"? Is he 6'11"? Uh, maybe 7 feet tall. But, yeah, like 6'11", six, six, 7 feet tall. He's got a crazy long wingspan there. He does. He's so good. I mean, like, I'm so I'm, I'm kind of happy for him because – I just didn't expect that from him. He kind of surprised me how good he's become. So I'm, I'm proud of him for for stepping up and becoming a starter and becoming one of the key parts of the Rockets. And I think I, I think I think I heard Max Kellerman saying that the Rockets rarely lose when they have Chris Paul, James Harden, and Clint Capella on the floor together. Like when they're playing and then no one's hurt, they like it, the percentages of them losing is very minimal. It's until they play Golden yeah. State. We'll see how that. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens in Golden State. But yeah, they. They have a very good winning percentage with the three of them healthy. So, yeah, I like what the Jazz have done, but unfortunately they just outmatched. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. Um, what they've – it's going to be – it's going to be really interesting because I I feel like the Jazz are, like you said, kind of like an equal team as far as the Pelicans. Um I feel like the Jazz are maybe a, a little better coached, um, mm-hmm. but not quite as talented because they don't have a guy like Anthony Davis, you know? Um, right. They have a little more depth, too. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they yes, they definitely have more depth. Um, like you have you have guys coming off the bench like Jonas Urebko, uh right. you have uh Jay Crowder, um you have Alec Burks, uh you have uh Raul Neto. Royce O'Neal. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal. Um and, and so well, yeah, did, they, that, they, did Axum get hurt? I think Axum yeah, Axum got hurt in the last game, um, but he had been coming off the bench. He had been he had been really effective too. He's like six five, um, point guard essentially. Right. Um, and he yeah, had yeah. he had a clutch clutch shot down the stretch of of their game two victory. I want to say um, clutch right. three point shot in the corner. Um, but yeah, like the. the when you break it down, they're they're kind of similar. Um, it, I, I'm just I can't wait to see. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Houston. I mean, because we know at this point Houston's going to win that series. Golden State's going to win that series, and we knew that going in. We, it was just honestly just kind of a question of how long it was going to take. Um, but you know, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on all of this throughout the series. I, I feel like Golden State is just the laziest team in in the league. <laughs> um, and then uh, I <laughs> I read something earlier today that said um, Draymond Green texted Kevin Durant at like four o'clock in the morning and was like, send him this long, long text message and was essentially like, you're not playing hard enough, you need to step it up, you need to be more aggressive, yada, yada, yada. And it was like this huge, huge paragraph uh, of of text. Um, and Katie got up the next morning and saw it, and he essentially replied, um something to the effect of, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was something to the effect of, uh, I got you. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, he did <laughs> in, in, mm-hmm. in game, game four, he did. Um, but like, I feel like that's the kind of scenario in which, um, these teams are going to meet up. And I don't, I don't know if, Houston is as good as we think they are, or if you know, essentially, uh, I'm sorry, Washington, uh, uh, the Warriors are sleeping Mm -hmm. as much as we think they are. Um, I think that's going to be, yeah, I think that's going to be just like kind of the biggest factor with this series. Um, Because I mean, mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we're we're pretty confident that's going to be the series. Um. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll, be, the it'll be really interesting. It'll be really interesting. <laughs> kind of what but, we expected. Well, at least I did. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's that's. I'm pretty sure that's how I predicted it too. Um, I can't remember who I initially picked in the Eastern Conference. It was definitely the Cavs. Um, I think we thought. I think we thought it was Cavs Boston again. <laughs> Especially healthy. Yeah, probably right? early on, and then I changed it to the Sixers. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, but anyway, it, and it will probably be Cavs Boston. So, um, but we'll get <laughs> in. Well, let's see how let's, things work out. Yeah, let's yeah let's uh let's wait on our predictions there. Um, let's move on though. Uh, I mentioned uh, Draymond and his text to Kevin Durant. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially, the the Warriors they were like they got their ass beat. They got fucking annihilated in Game Three, uh, mm-hmm. and it was essentially like beautiful. You know, <laughs> it, they came back like we ain't playing around. We ain't right. fucking around. We're gonna work and. and yeah, and it totally came off that way. They just utterly dominated Game Four. Um, it was never really even close, and you know, Draymond was getting in Rondo's squad. face, and <laughs> yeah, dude, Rondo, man, playoff Rondo is a real thing. I don't care what Rondo says. <laughs> no, nah, it, it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, they just got in his face, and 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 they pretty much just were like, "We're uh, we're done playing around. We're just gonna we're gonna kick the shit out of you tonight." And they did, mm-hmm. and it just again, it's funny because when we had our show a week ago, I told you how much mm-hmm. that game one just kind of devastated me, and then on yeah. Thursday, on Thursday. Um, you know, the Pelicans had played game two close. They lost it, but they played close. Mm-hmm. And they won game three decisively. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm not as scared anymore. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. Um, and now I'm right back to where I was. I mean, like, you're back, and I'm right back to where I was. Um, yeah. I, I, it's just fucking, dude, when, when this Warriors team wants to turn it on, it seems like they always can. Um, and... I wonder They're how that's going to – yeah, they are. And I wonder how that's going to turn out against the Rockets. But before we get into that, um, just what are your general thoughts on them pretty much just cleaning the floor with uh, the Pelicans in game four? <sighs> Disappointing, especially after what happened with the, the Pelicans winning the last game. So it's like, damn it, yo. They came out, they bust that ass, and then they come and get their ass busted. It's like, come on. At least put up a fight. And you know New Orleans is overmatched. Yeah, look, we all know they're they're outmatched. I don't think many of us are having the, the, the New Orleans Pelicans beating the Warriors in the playoffs. But still, uh, you figured that they would put up a better fight. And it didn't look that way the first couple games, first two. And then, of course, they come out and destroy them. And you're like, what happened? Like, what did they wake up like? Did they go out party the night before and like shit didn't go right? And New Orleans is good when they they're really good. I think New Orleans is a very good underrated team. Um, yeah, they're just the problem with them, which unfortunately in this series is more prevalent than ever, is they really don't have the depth. And once it, look, this is a four-headed beast. And then they started the depth squad like just from the beginning. They had Iguodala starting. They had Draymond playing center. And you're like, this squad is gonna kill anybody that comes near it. That those five are the that's that's their best five players. They put the best five on the floor. They didn't want to take any chances because New Orleans, with that one win, got their confidence back. You know they had it in. They wanted to snip that. They wanted to nip that in the bud before it got out of control, and they did. Yep. And it just it it just doesn't matter. 
like no matter no matter what New Orleans does, it just it it doesn't matter because Golden State oh, is just oh, that. Okay. Yeah, just overmatched. They're that that's fucking what it comes good. Down to. They're just they're just too good. There's too many good players compared to the. Maybe you have uh, Rondo's been playing great. Uh, Drew Holiday's been great, and so has Anthony Davis. But even then, they're not. Anthony Davis is a superstar. Rondo and, and, and Drew Holiday have been playing all-star caliber, but they're barely all-stars. And then you have fucking four, like, four superstars, maybe three. You know what I mean? And the Golden State Warriors, yeah. and it's just unfair. It's really unfair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. It kind of sucks. Um, but, hey, uh, Joel, thank you, as always, for joining me yeah, on our Monday show. Um, Jawan is here now. I'm going to roll it back with Jawan and, and kind of brief, briefly get his thoughts on uh, the course of these series. Uh, but I don't want to keep you up too late. I know you got to you got to get that. some sleep. <laughs> What's that? I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got your back, bro. Um, but uh, but yeah, get some sleep. Uh, take care of your baby, and uh, and we'll we'll catch you next week. All right, bro. No doubt, dog. <laughs> All right, man. Peace out, bro. All right, brother. Bye, Joel. Jawan. Jawan, go to <laughs> hell. Now I can say goodbye. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was perfect. Uh, Jawan, what's up, my brother? Uh, no, I'm just really excited to talk a little basketball. A little basketball. Um, a little basketball. Me too, mate. Um. Uh, so, uh, what we'll do, what we're gonna do here is we're gonna we're gonna roll it back and we're gonna talk about uh everything we talked about, but we're gonna get your opinion on it, eh? Uh, so sounds good uh, to me. I'm gonna stop talking in in my British accent. Uh, although I think that was pretty <laughs> spot on, if I do say so myself. Um, let's let's just let's let's we have about 45 minutes because we set the show for two hours. Uh, so. Let's just kind of kind of do a speed round here. Um, essentially, uh, Celtics, Sixers. Uh, Celtics won Game Three uh, in a very close game, the one in overtime. Sixers were able to bounce back and win Game Four. Um, what were your thoughts on, you know, kind of those two games in general, and just you know, their um, Brett Brown's coaching efforts uh, is is positional changes uh, from three to four. And uh, how do you see the series playing out going forward? Um, first of all, I want to give a huge shout-out to Jason Tatum, uh, who helped me not look like a idiot um, when I boldly it's said like he was going to uh, game three. ball out. Yeah, I said he was going to ball out, and I'm glad he did. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, like we said before, you just you, you felt like Philly is too good to not win at least a game. Um so, I mean, tonight they got that game, uh, got a lot of um, production from, uh, what is it, uh, Sarich. Uh, ben Simmons came out and, and did his thing. Uh, and Embiid was, of course, trying to get in people's heads the best way he could. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's hard for me to think that Celtics lose this. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if this series won seven games, but I just don't see a reality where Boston doesn't make it out of this series. I will say this: If the series goes seven games, the Sixers will win this series. I don't think it. Honestly, I, I, 
I died. I died on my hill earlier and and said uh, sixes and seven. Um, mm-hmm. I I I don't really believe that. Um, I think I think the Celtics win in Game Five, um, but if if the Celtics lose Game Five and the Sixers go home and they have their momentum and they win Game Six, I think they'll win Game Seven. I I don't think I don't. I don't think you lose three games in a row and you don't let that get in your head. Um, so I, I think the Celtics will ultimately win game five, in, in my honest opinion. Um, but I'm taking the Sixers and seven because I feel like if they win game five, um, they could win game six. And if they win game five and six, they win game seven. Um, and... Uh, like I said, I'm gonna die on my hill. That's who I picked. So fuck it. I see. I, I don't know about that because to me, it's like I said. The reason why uh, I thought Sixers were gonna end up in the in the finals, I think when we were breaking down the the, the playoffs originally, sure. Was because I yeah. thought their talent would outweigh uh, the lack of what I think they have in coaching. Um. And at some point, that's going to catch up to you. Right, right. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. If you're telling me in Boston uh, and you have, um, what's his name, Brett Brown versus, uh, why can't I think of the Celtic head coach, Uh, Brad Stevens, I kind of would put my money on Brad Stevens. Even in a game seven in which you lost three in a row. Yeah, only because – to me, this team this team isn't one of those young teams that let things like that bother them. Um, they, because they remember, really don't. We saw, it's funny. They kind ahead, of are. They they kind of are young, uh, in, in in pieces and parts. Because um, obviously right. Tatum's young, um, Brown is is only a second year player, but Brown has playoff experience um, because of last season. Uh, Rogier has has quality playoff experience because of Thomas going down last season, um, and obviously, um, you know, I, I brought this up earlier. Brett Brown has zero playoff coaching experience, head coaching experience. Um, so I think I think a lot of that has has built its way into the favor of Brad Stevens and the Celtics. I mean, and what impressed me the most about the Celtics this year is I, I, I don't remember if any of us called it, but I think we all felt like that Milwaukee series should have been over in four. Um, in the games that they lost, it was just like it could have gone either way. Uh, it, okay. Uh, but after they lost those few games, it was like this could honestly go either way now. Uh, yeah. Those guys pulled true. it out. One, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay. So, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're saying – you're saying after after the first two games, we all were like, this this could be a sweep. Right, right. Yes. Um, yes. And, you know, obviously Sixers are a better team, but it's just like, to me, their mental fortitude. I, no, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even say they're a better team. I, I, I think they. Than Milwaukee? Have, oh, than Milwaukee, Yes. Yeah, no, not They're a much Boston. better team than Milwaukee. No, than Milwaukee. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Cause, I was, was going to say, want, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're a better team than Boston. I think they have, they no. have, more, they have more talent um, in their 
it's funny because even even saying they're a more talented team, I don't even necessarily know if that's believe that anymore. Yeah. I I think just because of how good Terry's been playing and how good Al Horford's been playing, it's like obviously Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have higher, way higher ceilings than what either of one of those two players have. Um, yeah. But as currently constructed and how they're playing right now, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they're the, the more talented team. Uh, honestly, I, 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 I think it's a coin flip. And, and I think we've seen that because other than game one, all of these games have been pretty competitive. Um, yep. And I mean, the, the biggest you know, three, three out of the five have come down to the wire. So, uh, yeah. or three out of the four, or two out of the four. <laughs> um, the biggest thing come down I, to the I wire, felt, so. uh, the, the biggest thing I felt about the, the Sixers heading into the playoffs um, was they could be the the magic of the '90s. I mean, you had a guy that that yeah. seems as dominant as Shaq. You have a guy that, that seems as that. dominant as Oh no 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 no! I didn't say I said that. Uh, I I said uh, that that was what I was you know that that's how I I saw them. But I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that at all. Um, yeah, you you saw them because I said. It. <laughs> oh okay, sorry. Um, I'm just I'm just fucking with you, bro. <laughs> um, but no, I mean that that's what it looked like. Be but ultimately they would lose to Golden State. Uh, but you know they definitely had what it takes to or what it took to be that. And it just hasn't formulated because of the lack of coaching. Uh, so that's something that I think they kind of really need to sit down and think about. Um, and I'd say, you know, as far as sitting down and evaluating head, uh, your head coach, I honestly feel like, uh, and I don't mean to go to a new topic, but I'm, just, I'm looking at it. I think Toronto needs to think about that too. There's no reason why a team this talented shrinks up to LeBron every year. So that, much. That to me is yes. coaching. Okay, that's that, coaching. That, let me okay, let me make a transition here. Um I I I think that two things. One, if you can get Jay Wright uh from Villanova, if you can like quietly talk to him and, and say, Hey, we wanna offer you the job but we don't wanna we don't wanna offer anyone else the job, so um we you know, we wanna you know, quietly talk to you. Um I think that might be a way you go, but I, I, I do think this. I think Brett Brown is this is the first time he's had the opportunity to coach in the playoffs. So afford him some amount of um, rope. Um, but as far as Dwayne Casey, and let's this will be our transition. As far as Dwayne Casey, I I don't I'd never bought into. I, I briefly, I, I don't say I never, briefly brought in, bought into Dwayne Casey being coach of the year. Um, and I did a hard 180 on that because down the stretch of the season, I, I kind of saw what was going on with them. And I was like, this is not the coach of the year. This is not your king. <laughs> like, this is, this, this, come on. This this guy, like, I mean, essentially, he decided to play, you know, play the system the way everybody else is playing the system, 
and say, hey, we need to pass more, we need to shoot more threes. Are we really going to award him for that? And I've said this, you know, before well, earlier in other shows. Um, but but no, like he's he's a serviceable coach. He's 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 fine. He's okay. Um, but no, he's he. I, I agree. I think I think you should you should look at other options if you're Toronto, um, because I don't think he's a great coach. I just I just don't think he is. And it'll be really funny if he ends up winning coach of the year because he led the Raptors to a number one overall seed and then got swept by LeBron. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a, a knock against you. I mean, a lot of people that were really great in the regular season got swept by Jordan. Uh, so I don't know if that's a knock against them, but I do, I do agree with you. Uh, I was one of the, I think I, I had him as my, my coach of the year only because I never have faith in the Raptors, like ever. So for them to achieve number one seed, I thought was a, a, a great feat of, of its own. Um, I think you had him as your coach of the year. No, I, I could did. be wrong. In one, you did? I did. You sure about of, that? Yeah, in one of our, in one of our, um, when we were doing the uh, the awards, in your, one of them I wait, but I in, did. in your final a final awards, you had him no. coach of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't okay, think in my no, final, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't I think want to it was our third. No, no, no. It was our it was our third quarter awards. You and me both had him as our coach, but at that time they were playing crazy great. Like, but like down the, that's what I mean. Down the course of of the season, down the stretch of the season, you you kind of started to see. Um, essentially, them folding apart at the seams, um, and th- to me, that's, that's again, that's what kind of like what exposed them. It was like they're they're not as good as you know we thought they were, and we're seeing it right now. Like they're about to get swept. They're down by thirty points right now, or whatever. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, if we're being honest, they lost 23. that. Uh, I mean, not lost. I'm sorry. They won that, that Washington series, I believe, because uh, Dwayne Casey had outcoached Scott Brooks, but that's not saying much. No. Um, because there were points to where it looked like Washington was the better team as far as their starting five. We know they yeah. don't have a bench at all. Um, and they just couldn't – coaching was, was bad in spots. Um, you had Washington. It seemed like they were butting heads a lot. Like there was a lot going on in Washington that helped them lose that series. But – by no means would I say uh, Raptors were a, like a way better team than Washington or like a far superior team. That's not what I felt uh, coming out of that series. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot about Dwayne Casey and what he's been doing in the playoffs that are just like it's hit or miss. And when you have a guy like DeMar DeRozan, I, I know he's locked up as far as his contract. Um, but to me, it's just like if, if I'm DeMar DeRozan, I'm going to start getting that itch to where it's like, it's not good enough to just be in the playoffs uh, and be a number one seed. Like, yeah, go ahead. Do you want to? Do you want to like take anything back that you said about Kyle Lowry? I would never take anything back that I say about Kyle Lowry. Okay. Game three. Stats. Kyle Lowry. Nine thirteen mm-hmm. from the field. Four of eight from three. Five of six free throw shooting. Uh, three rebounds, seven assists, two steals, five turnovers, two personal fouls, 27 points. 
mm-hmm. was by far the best player on the court in game three. Had DeMar DeRozan, the guy who you say is, you know, far and above Kyle Lowry, shot three of 12, two for two from mm-hmm. the free throw line, four rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, three turnovers, and eight points. Mm-hmm. I mean, and come yeah. on, man. Yes. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry has played, has outplayed DeMar DeRozan in this series. Like, it just, it just at least admit that. Yeah, but what is that saying? That's not saying much. DeMar DeRozan, since playing with Kyle Lowry, as he's developed, has just been a better player than Kyle Lowry. And I'm not saying he's not a better player. No, 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 no. I get you. Hold on. I get you. Hold on, hold on. on. I'm just saying Kyle Lowry Lowry has actually been really good in this series. Like, I I, I get it. But that that game that you're talking about, we discussed it, and what did we say? We both agreed when, when we both said this. Kyle Lowry got most of those points in the first half. In the first but, half. No, that has always but, been. But, this, but, but no, I, yes, that is true. But this game was not that. This game, he decided that, like, he wasn't going to settle for that. And he had 27 points. 27 points? I get you. Nine, I get nine, you, but you're, you're nine, coming to me. Listen, 9 of 13. Team shooting. Do you, that's better than 75 fucking percent. He shot like 78 percent on the game. field. That's but, one game. But, but he shot 50 percent in every single game he's played, other than maybe this game. I I don't I don't know what he shot for this game, but like, but like for all I'm saying, all of his games, one he's series. had a high he's had a high quality percentage as far as shooting. He's been their best player in this whole series. Nick. He's been Nick, like their one saving series. DeMar DeRozan is the reason they're losing this series, not Kyle Lowry. It's like, just admit that. Admit DeMar DeRozan is the reason they're losing this series. Please. No. <laughs> You're fucking ridiculous. No, no. Oh, it's coaching always Kyle Lowry's fault. No, Lowry. it's not always Kyle Lowry's fault. I told you, my issue with Kyle Lowry, and my issue will always be with Kyle Lowry, he is never an all-star. He has never been an all-star to me. He has never well, he's played, played like all-star a fucking all-star in game three. Which is great. I could give you a series JR looked like he should have been an all-star. People have great games. I, I get it. I'm not saying he's a scrub. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the league. I'm just saying when you tell me he's an all-star, I just go, I, it doesn't translate. What does it translate to? That that's just my biggest issue. It never translates. And if you want to, well, if, if you, you need me I'll to tell say you that he's having a good series, twenty-seven points, seven assists, and three rebounds on nine of thirteen shooting. Are you fucking kidding yes, me? Yes, but first half points. Majority of those were first half. I did you watch the game? Did this you, one currently? Actually, that no, that. Game three, like twenty-seven points. He didn't score all his fucking first half. I, I, no, I didn't watch not the game. All of them. I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't watch them. the game. Um, but, but I will say this: I, I did watch game one and game two, and you're right. He, he definitely scored the majority of his points in the first half. But he, but he scored like his points in like that fourteen to teen range. Um, 
But this game, he finally stepped up. He scored 27. If you score, I don't give a fuck. When you score 27 points, if you score 27 points in a game, that's effective. Like, you're being 9 of 13. I don't care when you score those points. Like, that, I get you when you're talking about someone scoring 14 points. Like, yeah, you scored 11 of those in the first half, and then you just scored in the second half. Like, fine. You scored 27 yeah, points. I'm trying to understand. Just, what what do you want man, me to say? You want me to say he's having a good credit. series? No, I just want you but, to say he had a good game. Sure, he had, he had a good, good game. game. Again, I didn't say Kyle Lowry was garbage. I just said he has never, he to me, he has never been an all-star. That's it. And I'll, I'll, I'll forever remain con, uh, consistent on that You're on ridiculous. that view. Now, if you want You're me to say that Kyle Lowry has had uh, a good game or he's playing well this series, sure. I mean, I'm I'm not blind to that, but if you're asking me to take back my views on Kyle Lowry, I will never think that that man deserves to be an all-star. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that will never change. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that to change. All right, um, let's uh, let's we got about 25 minutes or so. Um, I want you to kind of elaborate on how you feel like Houston, Utah, or Golden State, New Orleans is going to go. Or if you want to talk about both of them briefly, um, but just, you know, your thoughts on uh, the fact that both of these series are 3-1. They're both going back home to the favorite uh, do you think there's any chance either one of these series go beyond game five and you know what do you, what do you think about uh, essentially what we all know is going to happen as far as Houston Golden State meeting up um, well I'll never submit to that because I love Donovan Mitchell too much mm. um, but yeah that the, the Pelican series all I've learned from this Pelican series is that Golden State would be in huge trouble if DeMarcus Cousins was healthy. I mean, huge trouble. Um, That's all I see from this series, uh, because all I see is Anthony Davis. um, Drew Holiday has played really well this entire playoff series, but against Golden State, it's always just like another animal. They know know what defensive uh, schemes or whatever to kind of make sure that you don't get Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis dropping 41. Um, but I feel like if DeMarcus Cousins was healthy, this would be a completely different series, uh, especially with playoff Rondo. Yeah, they, they, this would definitely be a completely different series. Um, as far as Utah and Houston, I still have faith in Donovan Mitchell. I'm sorry. I feel like if Rubio can come back, maybe that can maybe uh, change, like turn the tide for them to get like a game or two. Uh, I'm still holding out for Utah and Houston to be seven games. I'm sorry. I just love Donovan Mitchell too much. I'll fall on that sword. I don't care. Um, but ultimately, we know if it is Houston, Golden State, uh, Golden State's definitely winning that in size. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> – yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to win it in five. Um, but, but, <laughs> but, I mean, they're both going to win it in five. Um, and, honestly, Boston's probably going to win it in five, too. Um, but I will say this, the more likely team to push six games, um, 
in the Western Western Conference um, series is uh, Pelicans, mainly because the man the the Warriors are just so weird. They it's like they decide when they want to play and they don't want to play. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I could I could totally see them just just shitting a brick and being like like not showing up. And I I don't see that out of the Rockets. I don't I see them always showing up and just sometimes not having it. Sometimes just missing you know seventeen three pointers. Um, I don't see that out of Goldsey. I just I I I see them just not showing up from time to time, which it, it's weird. It, it it that kind of worries me more for the Rockets than it does Golden State because <laughs> like how good I, I feel like we don't know how good Golden State is because we don't always they get don't their best effort. Well right. we don't we just don't yeah. always get their best effort where we always get the Rockets best effort. And like I don't know. Well let me ask you I this. think what Chris Paul yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No 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 no. You go ahead. You think with Chris Paul. I was just going to say, I think what Chris Paul said the other night that where he was kind of elaborating on, like, I've been up 3-1 and it hasn't really worked out that well. So, you know, we're not going to, you know, be too cocky heading into the next game. We're going to try to, you know, do what we got to do to get that win and move on. If your Golden State is just like, we could give Pelicans two games and, and feel like we could still pull this series out to where I don't think Houston has that same confidence. Like, if they no. get momentum – we may, like, actually lose this series. I don't think there's any scenario where Curry or Durant or Draymond or Clay feels like they would lose this full series to the Pelicans. Absolutely not. There is no way they feel like they're giving up that series. Um, right. Whereas, yeah, Houston probably, I mean, at least, I don't know the whole team, but at least Chris Paul does. Um, like, it, and that's that's one of those weird kind of mindset things. Um, let me ask you this. If we indeed get a series between those two teams, which we've kind of all ex- all expected, um, what do you, like, I know you, you're you going to take the Warriors because you just don't trust Chris Paul, which is, or Harden for that matter, which is totally, um, <laughs> uh you know, within the realm of uh, uh, the, the possibility, it's not exactly what I want to say, but regardless, uh, you're well within your right to think, to not have confidence in this, to, to perform against um, any team, much less the Warriors. What do you think it would take for them to beat the Warriors? Uh, it would just take consistent play from Harden and Chris Paul. Like, there can't be any games to where it's like, all right, Harden had it tonight, but Chris didn't. Like, you, you can't afford mm. that because that's, that's how you get swept. And that's how they've been playing um, all playoffs. Right, right. And against Golden State, it's just like – it's like if you played the Bulls. You couldn't play the Bulls to where, like, if you had two stars where one star just had, like, 40 every night because the Bulls were going to let him get 40 and <laughs> – they were going to make sure that the other guy couldn't get anything. 
So it's just Great. one of those things where it's like you can't you can't afford that. We need we need vintage Chris Pauls where he's in that mid range, just giving them the business. Uh, and yep. Harden is just doing what Harden does best. If those two can stay yep. consistent, and by consistent I mean Chris Paul has to average to me twenty and ten, or at least fifteen and ten, and Harden has to at least average thirty and eight. If they can stay around that realm, I definitely think it can go seven series either way. But my issue is I do not believe that they can remain consistent. Like I, I can already picture like game three or game four, whichever one would be back in Golden State. Um, oh, no, no, first two are in Golden State. I'm sorry, game five. Um, I could definitely see it to where Golden State comes out like a 15-0 run and just first, completely takes the heart out Houston, of Houston. Right. Oh, first two are in Houston. That's right. They uh, they had the first seed. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, to me, that series will be uh, – will depend on one thing. If Houston can get uh, a game in Golden State, um, then I'll believe that they could win that series. I just don't feel as though they can. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing. I'll kind of simplify it a lot more because I was making it complicated. If they can get a game in Golden State, I believe they can win the full series. I just don't think that they can. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very skeptical on taking a team like Houston um, for so many reasons. Um, whether it be Chris Paul, whether it be James Harden, whether it be Mike D'Antoni, whether it be yeah. just a team that has yet to prove themselves going up a team that has proved themselves. It, there are so many reasons why you should not pick the Rockets. All that being said, I I don't know. I just I feel like it's their time. I feel like the Rockets are going to shock the world just like the Sixers are going to shock the world and come back against the fucking Boston Celtics, and it's going to be so miraculous when they square off against each other in the finals. Well, um, I'll say this. I know one person that won't be shocking anything, and that's Mr. DeMar DeRozan, who just got ejected. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, when you're, when you're, about to get swept, and you uh, you lose your temper. That's what happens. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, by the <laughs> way, let's let's discuss this. Obviously, eleven minutes left in the fourth quarter, up by twenty-eight points. The Cavs are about to sweep the Toronto Raptors. What does this mean for the Raptors going forward for you? Um, and, and, you know, what do you think? Do you think they should blow it up? Do you think they should retool? Do you think they should just roll it back? I mean, well, what, the, what, what the can you possibly thing about... do at this point when when you're the team that is the number one seed, this is your best possible case scenario to finally take down LeBron and you get swept. Well, the crazy, like I said before, to me, uh, the thing about Toronto is you have all that talent, all of it, and you know what it comes down to? 
it comes down to the mindset, uh, mindset and coaching. There's no reason. And Nick, I'm gonna let me preface this. This is not a shot by yep. any means. There's no yep. reason the Pacers can take LeBron to the brink. The right. Raptors can't. There's just yes. to me that is I, that I cannot wrap my head around that. Like I, the Pacers, I, I would argue led that by the Pacers Oladipo, are better than the Raptors, but sure. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree that. I'm just speaking purely from talent, top to bottom, starting lineup sure. to bench. I feel I, like the well, Raptors should be my, able to give them more of a I, go ahead. I would just say this. I think that the Pacers best player, Victor Oladipo, is better than Dumbar Rosen. I think mean, I've I've been on that well, train all year. I, I, if like, we're going I, by if we're going by this season, yeah, I mean I don't disagree with that. The biggest thing, yeah. the biggest thing I give to Demar Derozan is his versatility and his his ability to play defense um, well, when he except wants. Except that Victor Oladipo is a better defender than Demar Derozan, so there you go. Because he has been right, he has been. Like I said, I wouldn't yeah. disagree with you on that. I just yeah. and again, the whole Victor Oladipo train had only started this year. So me going with DeMar DeRozan is more from a stance of consistency. Like I've seen more from DeMar DeRozan than I have Oladipo. Um, But if someone told me I'd take Oladipo going forward over DeRozan, I I can't say that they're wrong. I mean, because it looks like Oladipo has like – Or just this year. You're right. But if if I'm Toronto, to me, blowing it up wouldn't do you much. I'd say start with getting a new coach. Um, a, a well-known, respected coach, one that, you know, isn't going to let his guys punk themselves out uh, just because LeBron's there, um, and see what you could do with that. If you can't win with that, then, yeah, blow it up. Blow it up. But to me, there's no reason why this team shouldn't be able to at least get two, maybe three games against the Cavaliers. I know, right? Like, at least, at least a game. At least one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I said um, to Joel earlier. I I would try to trade for Mark Gasol because um, I think you have the pieces for it. Um, like you could offer uh, essentially Jonas Valanciunas, who's young. He's a young center. Um, he's got you know somewhat potential. Like you played great in game one. Um, he, he missed a couple of buckets down the stretch that could have won in the game, but um, but he played great in game one. You could offer him, him uh, and uh, Norman Powell, who um, has, has kind of fallen off the rotation uh, in this in, in this lineup, but he's got a lot of potential too, and he signed on to a long long term deal. Um, and then, you know, like people like DeLon Wright, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, some draft consideration. Um, like if you if you could get Marcus on this team, maybe that could be enough. Um it the thing is <laughs> the the thing is is that maybe that could be enough to be this LeBron James Cavs team. Problem is, this isn't going to be either. There's one of two scenarios: either LeBron James leaves, and you're you're dealing with a, you know, either LeBron on a different Eastern team, or you're dealing with 
uh, you know, him on a, you know, a Western team or whatever. Um, but that's scenario one. Scenario two is they trade the pick and, you know, whatever else to get, you know, another clutch player, um, which I think is a distinct possibility, especially since they've performed so well in the playoffs. I, I definitely think they're going to try to put in a trade uh, to get Kimball Walker or um, uh, fuck's his name um, the 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 Timber the Trailblazers. Oh, uh, Damian Lillard. Yes, thank you, Damian Lillard. I yeah, I think they'll they'll definitely try to pull off a trade for one of those two guys uh, in the off season. Um, now that they've performed as well as they have, uh, I, I I just can't see them not, um, especially Dame Lillard, uh, because he's signed on for several years, and you know it's just you, you got the protection there. Um, so if and especially because man, they just they totally shit the bed as far as trying to, you know, be a playoff uh, juggernaut or any anything of the sort. Um, so I think that I think it's definitely a distinct possibility, but go ahead. What, what scares me if, if I'm Toronto is, all right, my first concern isn't even LeBron, right? Let me not think of LeBron. Let's say LeBron stays in the East uh, anyway. If I'm Toronto, I have to be fearing the idea – Look how far Boston's going without Gordon Hayward or Kyrie. They get right. both of them back next year. And then Philly, they're going to be uh, experienced now. They're going to be experienced. They, you know, their young guys have had playoff experience. And, and I believe Philly – I was about to say, I believe Philly could make a, a Kawhi Leonard kind of trade. So it's like they, everyone's going to get will. better. Everyone's going to get better. And if you're I Toronto – They'll offer it, yeah. And if you're Toronto, getting a Marcus Saw is a great move, but it doesn't push the needle. Like LeBron is still this there, year. you know, if he yeah. stays. And if you're Philly and you get Kawhi, and if you're Boston, you get Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back. I just don't see a reality like going forward where the Raptors will ever be anything but exactly what they were this year—a team that's really good so. in the regular season, but flames out to a just more superior person. Or team in the playoffs. I feel like I know where you're going with this. So essentially what you're saying is, obviously, you, you know, keep your team together, you know, compete mm-hmm. as best you can, but don't give up any assets to get um, pieces that aren't going to help you win a championship. Right now. Because, right. Yes, because it doesn't matter what you try to what assets you try to cha- trade, uh, you're not going to win a championship. And you know what? No. I ultimately agree with you there um, because, like, maybe just roll it back. Maybe just, you know, just roll it back with the guys you got. Um, stick, stick, try to get below the salary cap and, you know, fuck it. Like, just... You're not. You're never going to win a championship with with your squad, but you know you, you you're selling out games and you know 
you can uh, at least pride yourself on the fact that you, you make the playoffs every year. Yeah, I mean, and listen, and listen, because I've said this before. I am not against Toronto. I like the team. I Just one person I don't like, but I do like the team. Uh, and I think what's, what's in their best interest is don't blow everything up now. Don't trade away all your best assets. Um, unless it's something that is a game changer. Because if you look at Philly, if they get Kawhi and, you know, Boston's getting Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back and LeBron is still LeBron, when do you think your window is? Like your your window is now, (laughs) you know? And you're looking at – and, again, and I want to mention this too, Nick, the Pacers are going to get better. So it's like all these young teams that are young, young, like super young, they're on the rise and they're only going to get better. So it's like your window was right now because if Boston can do that without their two all-stars, what do you think they're going to do with them? You know, and I, right. I just don't see – I don't see a scenario where the Raptors are a better team than Boston, uh, Indiana, Sixers, LeBron. Uh, yeah, I, I keep it at that. I, I don't see a scenario where they're going to be better than those teams. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you. Um, poor – Poor, poor Raptors, man. I feel so bad for them. They, like, they, they're they such a good team. They, they've they played well all season, and they're just, they, they just can't get past old LBJ. And kind of, it, it, you know what? Honestly, Joel said earlier, it was like um, the Knicks trying to get past MJ. They never could do it. Um, and there was a yeah, lot but of teams see, like that with MJ. Uh, see, the, the biggest Cavaliers the, for once. The biggest difference with that was the Knicks were well coached. The Knicks had really good talent. It just literally was they couldn't get past the greatest player of that time. I feel as though well, the Raptors could have easily won one or two of those those games that they lost in this series. Yeah. So it's like yeah, I, mean, I don't even I don't even think they're sure, just being but, bested by someone that's just overall better than them they just they're, they're being out go ahead I'm sorry. which is crazy that they're being I agree with you they are being out coached which is crazy they're being out coached by Tyron Lue um but <laughs> nevertheless uh I mean come on dude you're you're <laughs> you're kind of saying that LeBron is not the best player um of the time, because uh, I mean, obviously we know he is, and I mean he's he's just <laughs> he's just going to work against the Raptors. That's, that's what it boils down to. I mean, some of it is coaching, obviously, but uh, most of it is just the LeBron deciding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like the analogy of the Knicks losing to MJ is is similar in that in that regard. Um, but anyway, um, let's wrap it up. I don't, I, I, mm, is there anything else you want to, wait, there is something I want to talk about. David Fisdale was announced as the head coach of the New York Knicks. What are your thoughts on that, Jamar? I am beyond hype. Um, nice. I was really hyped on the, I was really hyped on the idea of uh, Mike Woodson even possibly being his uh, uh, assistant, um, but Ooh. that looks like that's not going to happen. Which I'm I'm, I'm oh. okay if it doesn't. But Mike Woodson did uh, put 
he did put it out there that he'd be open to doing it if he didn't get the head coaching job uh, because sure. they go way back. Um, so I'd love to see that because I think Mike Woodson is a really good uh, defensive mind. I think the the year that the Knicks actually had talent when he was there, um, they played really good defense. Um, so the idea of those two guys being together, uh, Fizdale and Mike Woodson, I'd love it. Um, but I feel as though Fizdale can come into New York um, and, and completely change the culture. I don't think the Knicks, uh, you know, looking two, three years from now will be a laughing stock. I think he'll bring them back to uh, what we've been trying to be since that one year with Melo and then before that, the Ewing days. Um, I think he can restore us. I don't want to say it's a glory because, again, I just said Sixers, Pacers, and um, Boston are going to get way better. Um, but I do think he can make the Knicks at least something respectable uh, and at the very least a playoff team. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it as well. Like I, I, I just want the Knicks to be relevant again. And if, if, if Fizdale can achieve that, great. Like, let's see it. Like, that's what I want. I want, I want the Knicks to be in a playoff series in which they could possibly win. And yeah. if we can get that, yeah. Like, I think all NBA fans want that. Like, the Knicks are, are like, they're NBA royalty. Um, they're they're not like any sort of great team, but they still hold NBA royalty, and so we want we all want them to um, kind of succeed uh, to a certain extent. Um, but anyway, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, Juwan, what do we got coming down the docks as far as interviews or as far as uh, anything else that's coming down the pipes? We do have a special interview coming this Thursday with the man behind uh, Colossus for Deadpool. Nice. Um, and we will be having a surprise interview with Rob Liefeld, uh, the creator of Deadpool. Um, not this Ooh. week, but I think two weeks we're going to do an in-person interview with him at a press junket uh, for Deadpool 2. So stay tuned for that. Um, also check the Facebook page, Canaan for anyone, I believe in, in the Tennessee area, um, has the press screening for the movie upgrade. Um, so check that out, see how you can win tickets for that. But outside of that, that's about it. All right, man. Well, uh, we will be back on Thursday at nine o'clock. And of course, Dan Alves will be hosting Wrestling Geeks Alliance at eight o'clock on Wednesday, uh, we'll see you 9 o'clock on Thursday. And, of course, check out Geek Vibes Live, 10, 8 o'clock. <laughs> 8 o'clock <laughs> on Sunday. Sunday. Peace. Peace. Peace.